Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 22 to 29, Paul preaching in Athens. Hear these words of scripture. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Sue. Let's pray. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One day, six men who were blind were walking down the road together in India. As they were walking, they came upon an elephant. Each of them touched the elephant and had a direct experience with it. One man touched the tusk, the second man touched the trunk, the third an ear, the fourth man touched the leg, the fifth touched the tail, and the sixth man touched the side of the elephant. Each man's experience with that elephant was constructed exclusively from what they felt in that experience with the elephant. And then after that, they continued on their journey and they began to discuss what they experienced with the elephant. And a huge argument broke out. They couldn't agree on what the elephant was like. The first man who touched the tusk of the elephant, he was adamant that an elephant was like a spear. No, said the second man, it's like a large snake, thick with powerful muscles. And then the third man protested, no, it's like a warm leaf, thin and flat and flexible. And the fourth man chimed in, you are all wrong. An elephant is like the trunk of a tree. And the fifth man who touched the elephant's tail, he said it wasn't like any of that that he could hold the elephant in his hand, and it felt like a rope. Finally, the sixth man insisted that the elephant was really like a wall that couldn't be moved. 
And try as they might, these six men couldn't agree on what the elephant was like. Each one was convinced that they were right and the other five were wrong. Now, as Kara said, today we begin a new worship series titled, What is God Like? And it's inspired by this book from the same title, written by Rachel Held Evans and Matthew Paul Turner. And we do have a few copies in the parlor here, or you can order your own on Amazon um, or however you want to. Um, But it is a beautiful and wonderful book. And over the next few weeks, we are going to be using it to think about what is God like. In the first few pages of the book, it reads, What is God like? That's a very big question. One that people from all places all around the world have wondered about since the beginning of time. And while nobody has seen all of God, because God is far too big for any of us to fully see, we can know what God is like. And then the book goes on to describe what God is like. God is like an eagle, sharp-eyed and swift, with wings so wide you can play under the shadows. God is like the flame of a candle, warm and inviting. With God close by, you can look to the light and you can see through the darkest of nights. God is like the wind, passionate and full of mystery. God is both here and mysteriously over there. God is everywhere, swirling throughout the world, whistling across mountain ranges, rustling through the trees, and pressing against your cheeks on a breezy day. We know that God is like these things and many, many more, because all throughout our scriptures, we see descriptions and stories of who God is. In today's scripture that Sue read for us, we see how the Apostle Paul describes God to the people of Athens, Greece. Now, Athens at that time, when when Paul was traveling through there, that was about 50 AD. It's a long time ago. And Athens at that time had a temple for any god they could think of. Athena was the god the city was named after. But the last thing that they wanted to do was to offend any god and then suffer whatever wrath that god might bring because they weren't being properly worshipped. So just to be on the safe side, the ancient Athenians had a temple for everyone they could think of and a temple to the unknown god, covering all of their bases because they didn't want to forget a god or, heaven forbid, not worship a god they didn't know about yet. And so Paul uses this temple of the unknown god as an opportunity to share about God, big G, God. The God of the Jewish people and this this new group that was forming of people who call themselves Christians. Now, Russ and I went over to Athens 
um, when we traveled to Turkey and, and Greece last fall. There we are, look at us. And we saw these ancient temples to all of the gods everywhere. We went to the Parthenon, that's in the background you can see um, right there. And as we climbed up the hill to the Parthenon, we passed by these temples. And then on top of the hill were these pillars of the large temple that we think of, the Parthenon of, of Athena. And then all around there, there were all of these other remnants of temples to other gods. And the Aragapis, or however you say it, I can't remember, is really, that's where Paul is speaking when he's sharing this, this scripture, um, this speech. And he's speaking to all these philosophers and Stoics, and he overlooks the Acropolis. So it's where Russ and I, I don't know, Melly, if you can go back to that very first slide, um, it's where Russ and I, that is where Paul was speaking from. And in the background, literally in the background, are all of these temples, okay? And he's speaking, and he says to these people, this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, this master of sky and land, this master doesn't live in the temple built by human hands. And God isn't served by human hands as if God needs anything from us. Rather, God, God's self, gives everyone life and breath and everything else. This is what Paul is telling to these philosophers and these Stoics as they're standing up on this, this Mars hill right next to the Parthenon. And he says, starting from scratch, Paul says, God made all of humanity— and made each, made the earth hospitable with plenty of time and plenty of space for living so we can seek after God. And not just groping around in the darkness, but so we can actually find God. And then he says, God doesn't play hide and seek with us. God isn't remote out there. God is near to us. We live and we move in God, and we have our very being in God. And then Paul says, like one of your poets said, we're the God created. And then he says, well, if we're created by God, it doesn't make much sense to think that we could then hire a sculptor to chisel a God out of stone for us, the divine isn't made from gold or silver or stone, he says. God isn't an image made by human design or skill. God is the creator. And then Paul goes on to say, this God has come in the form of Jesus in order to unite us with God and through Jesus, unite everything in the world will be set right. And so the people of Athens, they have all of these temples everywhere because they are trying to understand God as best as they could. Just as people all throughout history have been trying to do. 
And so Paul then comes to them in their place, and he shares with them, this is what I know about God. And I know it's true because I have scriptures. I have stories. Now, Paul didn't have a Bible at that time. They looked a little different. They were called scrolls, and he didn't have his own. But he has these stories, and he has Jesus, and the stories of Jesus' life, and the true Son of God. And because of all of that, he knows that this is what God is like. God is the creator of everything that we see and everything that we know. God gives us everything we have, even down to our breath and our lungs. And God created everything out of nothing and then ordered all of it and enables us to see God, to find God. And it's in God that we live and we move and we have our being. And then finally, Paul says, he tells the people of Athens, God is our parent and we are God's offspring. So what is God like to you? It's tempting to be like the men who encountered the elephant, to declare, this is the way that I've encountered God, or this is the scripture that resonates with me the most, and so this is how God is. This is the way that God is. And so this series, it's an invitation for us to wonder together, what is God like? I know for me, God and my understanding of God, the image that I think of when I think of God, has changed throughout my life. When I was little, God was that, that old white man with the white hair that, and the long robes and the, the shepherd's crook who was up in the clouds looking down and watching me. That was God. That's how I understood God. Then sometime around college, God, the image of God for me became like the northern lights, colorful and gorgeous and bright and brilliant and having form yet not having form. And now for me, when I think of God, I think of that, that ruach, that, that breath, that breath that created everything in the beginning, the breath that is in our lungs, the spirit that fills us. What is God like for you? No one scripture or experience tells us everything we need to know about God. Because God is just too big. Much bigger than we can fully ever know. But God invites us into a lifetime of discovering and getting to know God better and better. So what is God like? The last page of the book says that's a very big question. One that people from places all around the world, throughout all time, have answered in many different ways. Keep searching. Keep wondering. Keep learning about God. But... Whenever you aren't sure what God is like, think about what makes you feel safe. 
What makes you feel brave? What makes you feel loved? That is what God is like. Amen. Let us pray. Good and beloved God, open our minds to the mystery that is you. Help us to see the parts of you that we haven't seen yet. Help us to open our minds and our hearts, our very being, and help us to see you in one another. God, you are amazing, and we are so very grateful for all that you have given us, for your love, your care, your hope, and your salvation. And we look forward to growing in those things in the days and the weeks and the years to come. Amen. I, as we move into this time of prayer, I want to invite those who are online uh, to share any prayers that you have, either prayer at brextilumc.com or the text or the comments on Facebook. Um, right as I would see, I have a problem because on my iPad, sometimes my texts come through on my iPad. So while I'm praying, I look down and Jamie texted me and said, God is like an elephant. Got it. Jamie, you need to go listen to the sermon again. That's not what I said. So I was a little flustered. Thanks, Jamie. I invite you to please stand and let us sing together.
take our failure, you take our weakness, you set your treasure in jars of clay. So take this heart, Lord, I'll be your vessel, the world to see your life in you to be seated. We have quite a few prayers this morning. Um, Anne asked for prayers um, for as she has decided um, to file for divorce. And so um, she's praying for guidance and courage and strength in this time. 
and is confident that God loves her and will, will help her get through this. And then prayers um, for my brother, Keegan, um, on the passing of his, uh, his wee baby Seamus, Seamus, it's spelled Seamus, wee baby Seamus, who is his kitty cat, um, passed away suddenly. And so prayers for, um, for Seamus and for my brother as well. And then I also um, have asked for prayers for Ruth, who is having surgery on Tuesday uh, to remove cancer from her liver. And prayer, Kathy Abel asked for prayers for her father, Bill, who suffered a stroke earlier this week. Uh, he's on the mend, but rehab is necessary. And Mary asked for continued prayers for her mom, Liz, who is in the hospital. And Melanie uh, asked for prayers for her mom, uh, Patricia, who is facing another surgery this week. And then also prayers of joy. Um, our altar flowers for today are celebrating Stephen and Stephanie Sachs' uh, 25th wedding anniversary. And to, it's today as well as Stephanie's mother's birthday, uh, Josephine, her, her birthday is today as well. And then uh, Tim and Leslie Miller celebrate their 40th anniversary today. Yay! And um, then I um, asked for prayers for my husband, Rasul. Uh, he, he's fine now, but he uh, has first and second degree burns on his arms and uh, his chest and his face. Um, his, his beard is a little bit shorter, but it, it, uh, the, he got, I guess, hit with a fireball, essentially, at work. Um, he's doing well, but he's just in a lot of pain. So just prayers for him. It's the perils of being a chef, I guess. Um, and then Sharon asked for prayers for Bev Huber and her sister Marilyn. Um, Taylor asked for prayers for her grandma Carolyn as her health improves. Shelly asked for prayers for Bob, who had a heart attack, and for Sandy, his wife and caregiver, as well as prayers for Rosa and all her family who are visiting and living with her. And Jim and Nancy asked for prayers um, for her family friend, Pam, uh, that she will find faith and to overcome her addiction. And Linda also asked prayers for comfort and healing for Bev and for strength for Marilyn as she supports her sister. And Jennifer Schneider asked for prayers for her mom, Linda, as she undergoes spine surgery on Wednesday. And Sue and Jeff asked for prayers prayers for their friend Rosie who was just diagnosed with breast cancer and for their friend Dave who fell and broke his el elbow and fractured his pelvis. And uh, also a prayer of joy for Emily who is starting a new job this week. And then Al and Barb asked for prayers for their cousin Sally whose cancer has returned. We know that God hears all of our prayers and the prayers that we don't even speak out loud, and we don't even necessarily speak in our minds, but they are written on our hearts. And so let us go to our Lord now. Oh God, we want you to be the one in whom we live and move and have our being. 
We want to hear your voice above all other voices in our lives. And yet there are so many other things clamoring for our attention. We get bogged down with the daily routine. We forget who we are. We forget who you are. Or we forget what the church is supposed to be. And so here we are, standing before you today with our human foibles and our, our short attention spans, asking that you would make yourself known to us, that you would help us to recognize the presence of the holy right in front of us, and that you would continue to challenge us, inspire us, and make us into the people that you want us to be. Oh God, we know that you hear the prayers of each of your children, and so we pause to lift our individual prayers to you. Oh Lord, may your truth be known, your comforting spirit be felt, and may you empower us so that we will go and share your hope and peace with every one of our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. We pray these things through the powerful name of Jesus, as we pray together the prayer he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing we do each Sunday is to remind ourselves that church does not end here when worship is over but church goes with us into our daily lives. And so here are some ways to engage with BUMC in the coming weeks. The first is we are going to have a church conference vote on August 20th, and this is to move to the simplified accountable structure. Church Council has made the recommendation for our church to adopt this new leadership model. And if this sounds like just a bunch of weird big words to you, I invite you to go to bumclinks.com and there's a whole section to learn about the simplified accountable structure. It's not simple to say. Uh, and also there's, uh, you can talk to myself, you can talk to people on our task force. I see a few Sue is on our task force, and Eric, and uh, Christy's on our task force. I think that's all I see. But if you would like to talk with them and have any questions or concerns, please. Um, we want you to be, every member of our church has a vote, and we want you to be um, uh, uh, educated voters. And so please let us know if you have any questions. And um, also, if you want to know if you're a member, you, there is a, a list with just names out in the, the parlor, and it's also on BUMC links. And so we, we are having that on August 20th between the two services. So for this service, you can come a little bit early. It's just in person. We're not do, it, we can't do an online vote. Um, so just in person on the 20th. 
And then this week, this Friday, we have a blood drive with Vitalant. There's a critical blood shortage, and so you can come and you can sign up at BUMC Links, and you can uh, have an appointment to, to save lives through giving blood. And then Betty Monin is inviting us to go to a Lake County Captains game on August 9th and in celebration of her 95th birthday. And so the, her family has reserved a block of seats, and so you can uh, either go to BUMC Links and, and reserve one of those seats, or you can call into the office. And this is a great way to just joyfully gather as a church community, celebrate Betty, and it's a, it'd be a lot of fun for um, families to do before the kids go off to school. And then finally, our Mission and Community Engagement Committee put together a survey, and I announced this survey last week. It's been seven whole days, and do you know how many people have done the survey? Four. That's, it's better than zero. Uh, it's not a lot of data, so um, we need you to do that. Um, the next person who does it, the four will get a gift card, $5 gift card to Honey Hut because you're just awesome people. And the next person who does it will get a gift card to Honey Hut. It's summer. Everybody loves ice cream, right? All right. It'll take like five minutes. You get ice cream. It's like a dollar a minute for ice cream. All right. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> let us receive the benediction so that we can go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. I invite you to stand and let's sing together.
right. Amen. Thank you for joining us. I hope you all have a wonderful week.
Yeah, it's one of the, it, like, it's very clearly meant to be a lead guitar part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very, like, 